And we're underway here in the uh, Eagle Halloween Candy Challenge. Uh, it's 50 candies. Well, for this week, we're uh, three weeks out from Halloween. So yeah. each week leading up to Halloween, we add 50 more candies, 50. right? So we uh, 150 by the time we hit the week of Halloween. That's what we agreed to, right, Eagle? I'm almost on the arrows. <laughs> he's he's off to a Usain Bolt like start here. You yeah. should eat, this guy is like Aaron Donald out here. He's clobbering this. I want to see how many he takes from Devon. Well, last year he did 30 out of 50, but he was complaining, oh, you made me talk, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's the idea <laughs> that's of the, the job. job. <laughs> yeah, it's the idea of the joke. So I even made you do your job, Eagle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There you go. He's trying to give me uh, the, uh, all that uh, side jargon over there. Okay, we're back. Uh, it's the first time we're back uh, together. This, is, this is what I'm eating, by the way, just so everyone knows. That's amazing. It's a, for those who are listening, because Eagle often forgets how to produce the show, yeah. um, it's a picture with uh, all of his candy lined up like the soldiers at the end of Star Wars Attack of the Clones. Yeah, this is like uh, the four gangs meeting up in the uh, alleyway here. Uh, West Side Story and such. <laughs> exactly. Don't forget to follow us at Flag Plus. Exactly. Uh, so it's the first time in a long time that PZ and I have been together. It's I think true. it's been three months, eh? Well, I keep seeing you at the field, yeah, but not but at, not in studio. We haven't done a show together in three months. Yeah. Because you were uh, away in Europe at the end of July that I got sick with uh, bronchitis. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> that show <laughs> oh, where man. you coughed for an entire hour, <laughs> I would rather, rather have done it by remote from Europe. I know. I know. With terrible European Wi-Fi. <laughs> I know. It was awful. And then... Uh, the was it worse than the show with no audio? It, it, honestly, it's the show with no audio sounded better. Yeah. yeah. At the very least, it sounded better. Like, if we had to do that again, <clears throat> no audio, it would have been perfect when I was coughing. And anyway, oh, we could put the clock on, by the way. Oh. Oh, man. Hold on. This, we, we are really off today. Yeah. Um, so we're back. It's been a while since we've been together, uh, since the middle of late July, I think it is. But we're back. Happy to be together. It's been a long time, but... Uh, then again, you're, you're going to be gone next week. I'll be gone in two weeks, and then it's back to rotation of characters. Over, yeah. Well, that's part of the goal, right? We're trying to introduce some new exactly. characters that we're familiar with, that we're trying to introduce them to the FPF community, and uh, it's been awesome. It's like uh, you know uh, a TV drama when they introduce like new characters in season five, six, or seven, try to see how it would react with the crowd, right? Oh, this he or she? Nah, I'm not too sure. Maybe. Okay, keep them on, keep them on type of thing. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Introducing new characters, new actors to this whole show. Yeah, I like it. All I right, like uh, it. let's dive into it. Okay, we have something to kick off this show. Um, PZ has been working on this for quite a while. Well, not uh, quite a while. Just yesterday. Yes, yesterday is quite a while. Well, let's 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 give some um, clarity, I guess. Let's for some backstory. Let's paint the picture as to why the thing that's happening is happening. So it's uh, related to coed. Uh, it relates to uh, Kiss My Enzone's tie against uh, Fast Not Furious. Um, and there was a bit of a controversy after the game. One that I was actually going to address head on, but I wasn't on the show. Um, and so Laurie, being a more junior player and, and more junior media member, uh, probably didn't feel comfortable. But I am happy that she's up on the show. Uh, so I'm happy to address it today. Um, we won the game. Uh, sorry, we tied the game. Um, and um, after, because of some changes to our roster, Louis Bejean, who often throws on a drawback plays for me, um, and his quarterback rating uh, is a little bit higher than his receiver rating. It wasn't an issue when Alex Noel was on the team, uh, but now with the addition of Will Power in replace of Alex Noel, I didn't know because I'm not the team captain, um, and Alex Alexis Zubois was not on offense, that a throwback play would cause uh, us to bust the cap. Uh, as soon as we noticed, we reported it directly to Eagle, uh, and to FPF, not not, not, not just you. Me, yes, the not entire yourself. committee of people Correct. who review this. Correct. Stuff. 
Uh, I'm saying it was sent to you, but then and then it was sent. You you sent it to the committee, um, which doesn't involve me, incidentally. Um, and uh, we offered we offered a forfeit, uh, because we knew that that was the rule. But uh, Eagle, the final decision was. His final decision was because the pass was completed on the last play of the first half, mm-hmm. not resulting in a score. No advantage was gained on that play. E.g., your field position didn't change to put you in a better position. Correct. You didn't gain a first down, and you didn't score or convert an extra point. So it's the equivalent of had it not been completed, which is not considered a forfeit. And so we issued a warning with a uh, basically and letting this one slide essentially, which is our precedent in the past. The literal rule is a completed pass results in a forfeit, but the spirit of the rule is we don't want teams to gain unfair advantages by using a quarterback over the cap. So that's the reason for this. It's stupid. It was dumb. Uh, yeah, it but, was, but it was it was a mistake. Exactly. Like, it and was so, honestly Alexis was the captain of the team, and he should have told me that this is now with our new. If you do need to run, run yeah. a throwback play, you need to run it to willpower. Right. Right. Who, by the way, has a better run than Louis Vigier and would have been a better option because Louis Vigier is faster than than, uh, than Will is, and Will's got a better arm than Louis. And just to put it out there, because there is going to be people saying, well, Eags, it's the media team, right? You have Iggy and Pease and Lori and Alexi on it. They should know better, and That's they're getting preferential treatment. Team. We've, we've made exceptions and warnings for other teams in the past for similar violations where the game's completely out of hand, they switch their quarterback because whatever, we're just going to have someone else try it out, and they throw the game by doing that. Uh, quarterback goes hurt, gets hurt. Another one comes in, blows the cap because now the roster goes over and everything. We've let that one slide as well. Again, and I'll, I'll, we're, address, we're, I'll address some of that um, in a moment. Uh, but the one of the... One such person who has called uh, us out, and specifically me out for it, which is, again, interesting because I'm not the team captain. Uh, but sure, I got called out for it uh, by someone who I've criticized on the show. Not once or twice. And I want to point out, firstly, that... Uh, well, I, I won't point it out, actually, because I, I, I will talk about it in a moment. Uh, but so Gino DeFazio, who was not involved in this in any way, shape, or form. Uh, well, of he course, is because he's on Y&Y, who are currently in the lead in co-ed. Yeah. Um, so then again, it doesn't affect him because we wouldn't catch his team anyway. Um, so, but again, despite not being involved, uh, and didn't express his concern about the situation uh, to the league, he could express his concern about uh, me and my integrity to mm-hmm. the league. And essentially uh, made a reference to uh, several times in the past where he's cheated and said, basically, you know, you give me shit for cheating, but me and Pease are basically the same. And that's where I draw the line, Mo. So I have composed an open letter to Gino DeFazio. All right, go ahead, please. Dearest Gino, I hope this letter finds you well. It is with great displeasure that I soak my digital plume to draft this correspondence. You have levied a fair many accusations against me and have assailed my character. I believe these accusations have gone too far. In a recent correspondence with League President Robert Campana, you compared my apparent actions to your many egregious attempts to cheat. I have been called many things in my life, and some of which I cannot argue. I can be difficult. I can be arrogant. I can be condescending. Certainly, I can be. Look at this letter, for example. It's, the, it's absolutely pompous. The one insult I cannot entertain, 
The one insult, which I take the greatest offense, is that we have any similarities in character. On the night in question, where Kiss My End Zone accidentally violated the cap, incidentally a team for which I am not the captain, Alexis Zuba, who actually is the captain and former aggrieved teammate of yours, we're on this later, reported the violation to the league. Despite the fact in in that the playing question was an honest mistake, more on this later, and despite the fact that it had no consequence to the game in question, more on this later, we offered to accept the forfeit if it were deemed necessary by the league, and we left ourselves to the mercy of FPF. The issue that caused the cap violation, violation was simple. We described it a moment ago, but I'll run through it because it's in my mm-hmm. letter, and it's going to appear in my article this week. During the season, whenever a second quarterback was needed, Louis Bejean would drop back to attempt uh, to attempt to complete a pass. This uh, worked given our team's construct at the beginning of the season and would cause no violation at the time. However, due to the injury to Alex Noel, an injury suffered in the game between Kiss My End Zone and Y&Y, Will Power was brought on as, an off, as a season-long replacement. As I am not the captain of the team, I wasn't aware of the cap ramifications, and on the final play of the half, to, uh, on a drop-back play to Louis Bejean, he completed an 18-yard pass to William Power. This gave no advantage to, the, to either team, and the game ended in a tie. By attending this pass, we went over the cap by 2.6 points on a play that had no bearing on the outcome of the game. For the record, upon learning of the transgression, I believed it should have been a forfeit. If I may digress, if I may digress for a moment, I be- believe it necessary to inform the public that in league circles, the rule in question is actually referred to as the Geno rule, as it was initially created specifically because of the many times you, Geno, attempted to bypass the cap to your advantage in the past. The difference here is that I broke a rule accidentally. Upon learning about it, I had the integrity to ask our captain to alert the league. In doing so, the evidence was weighted, and it was determined that no advantage was given. There are also occasions where it was determined that there was a precedent and the forfeit would not be enforced. One such game was an expendables game where Eugenio replaced an injured Carmen Poliche, and as such, your higher quarterback cap hit violated the division's cap regulation. However, as this did not truly violate the spirit of the rule, the expendables were granted grace. There have been other examples where this application to the Geno rule was f- forgiven for similar reasons. I want to once again reiterate that we did not only did we self-report, but offered a sign of goodwill uh, and our willingness to forfeit. This is an act that in my 10 plus years of working for FPF, you've never done. The transgression was clearly a mistake. This is different from the many times you specifically look to violate the rules. Most recently, you attempted to mask the identity of girls you were coaching and brought on a player or, or players who were ineligible to compete in the playoffs. Not only did you cheat the girls you were coaching out of an opportunity to compete in the finals, but you dishonored the title of coach and displayed behavior that I, continue, that I consider to be deplorable and in poor taste. You also mentioned to Rob that I trash talk about you on the podcast. I vehemently disagree. Not only have I been complimentary to your success and your abilities, um, and also your abilities. My issue with you is simply that I don't like you. I don't respect your character, and I don't believe your actions uh, have integrity. Anytime I've spoken ill, it's because of those actions. I am a voice for the league and an ambassador for flag football. So when I know for a fact that you've berated and belittled players in a recreational league, uh, as well as while coaching in, your, in our junior league, 
I know with certainty that you benched an 18 year old player during the winter 2019 finals with no forewarning and I am positive that you've had subs play instead of pay, uh, instead of players who have paid for the season and I know for a fact that you've taken several liberties with rules and have done so with no respect for the league or any regard for the flag football community on the other hand I'm being accused of screwing the rules when I, the butt of many jokes about being the least talented quarterback in the league, have risen through the ranks and never once asked for my quarterback cap to be adjusted. I'm currently playing with a quarterback flex cap because my captain, as a show of leadership, invited me to play for a team that I love playing for, despite being the fourth most talented signal caller in my own roster. Anything I've said was in response to your own actions. It is as much the right of players to know about this behavior as it is for residents in the neighborhood to learn of undesirables living in their community. I am afraid I cannot accept the insult, Gino. You and I are nothing alike. I shudder at the thought. You and I both belong to the same FPF Hall of Fame for our contributions to the league, but in my time I believe I've done more to grow the sport, represent it well, and help others than you can ever dream of. Perhaps you see it differently. Perhaps it is everyone else that is wrong. Or maybe it's just you. I will grant you your wish, however. I see no need to discuss you in FPF Media as our discussions f about you far outweigh your relevance. I will continue to cover your team with dignity as I have in the, in, in the past because I have a vast respect for your wonderful teammates who have the misfortune for playing on your teams. Thank you for your time. Okay. All right. Shots fired. No, just honesty. Uh, you know. I don't, think he, I don't think he understands half the words you said on that. That's story. fine. Listen, I, I, I've never once levied an insult. It's been in reaction to his own actions, and nothing in what I said was false. And he said this where? In a, in a uh, Rob, Rob Campana, President Rob Campana, uh, told me that he sent, uh, I don't know if it was a text or email, complaining about me, and sort of told me what it was about. Oh. <laughs> so... Yeah, I know. I counted. Twenty-seven. I know. Fair. I know. I I noticed that. I was thinking. It was a long letter, to be fair. <laughs> well, the thing, the letter coincided with his like uh, spirit that he had, man. He yeah. had like this adrenaline pump going one after another, man. That's that's what I'm doing. I'm just trying to help the community. Well, that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. See what happens when I don't talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just devour that. Man. Apologize to Megan for me, Eagle. Yeah, she's gonna be upset. Who's she gonna be pissed off at? You, me, you or I? Me. It's it's a oh man. If there's a power ranking of who she's upset at, I'm I'm last. Yeah, You're second, and Eagle's most. Oh man, like to be a fly on that wall when Eagle comes home, and oh boy. Well, you won't like it because he'll be bouncing off the wall. Exactly, like a real real bald eagle. All right, let's dive into it. Uh, we'll start off with uh, the coeds since we're in the coed division, and it's appropriate to do so. Um, look, Fit Squad. I, I've been watching this team play uh, the last few weeks here. Uh, Peas, uh, the tune one. I like him. They're a good team. Uh, quarterback plays pretty solid. Uh, are they on your radar now, radar now to make some serious noise to move up the ranks of the co-ed division? Honestly, um, I like the squad and have for a while. Alexandra Falcon Corp, we saw her, how impactful she can be in the finals game, right? Um, when they played, I believe it was, uh, it was against Kiss My End Zone this summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've seen, for example, um, Salim Taye and his involvement in the team and how well um, he's he's played. But I was worried about the the quarterback situation because they brought on William Brouard, who was not the quarterback last season. Right. It was uh, Felix Coulet. Yeah. Um, but Brouard's been excellent. Um, you know, it's it's they've only played three games, so it's a bit of a smaller sample size. But averaging five touchdowns a game, um, they they kept up with Free Smoke, who is a team who um, maybe we need to pump the brakes on them a little bit, but we're high on them to start the season. 
Yeah. Um, they beat up on Sneaky Snakes who are struggling and Badgers are struggling. Uh, so the one loss did come against Free Smoke, but it was a game where they're competitive. And they've scored five touchdowns in each game. That's a big deal to me. Yeah. That's, uh, to me, a sign that this team can compete against anybody. Yeah, and, and also their defense is pretty solid. I mean, Vincent Bastrash, who's a former basketball player, family is all basketball yeah, yeah, ballers, yeah. Uh, had a monster game on Monday, and he is definitely a, a, he's a matchup problem both sides. As a snapper, his yards after catch are pretty strong. And as a defensive player playing as a corner, I think he's a really good player. And I just think that, you know, you're right. Berard had a really – he's had a really good start to the year. And now that I think they'll have three games in seven days coming up in the next week or so. So we'll have a better idea of who they have. They'll have LPP, they'll play La Sect, which they should win it, and Y and Y, which will be the big test for them yeah. in a fortnight's time. And it's the kind of team that, that could give Y and Y some trouble too because of the depth. Yeah, depth. And I think this, uh, you know, Gino not being familiar with this team, I'm sure Gino's going to have his recon done by then to watch yeah. film on them at some point and, uh, and figure out if they broke I don't, the I, I don't know who you're talking about. Though. Yes, uh, you know, that dude. Uh, but, you know, look, they, they could definitely move up the ladder here, and their target could very well be uh, anywhere between three to five, three to six that they finish off the uh, opening round of games that they have left in their schedule. Yeah. Um, Lorenz Pumperga also, great piece, and Hugo Lippin's speed uh, makes him uh, dangerous as well. Right. It's, it's a team just across the board. Um, the worry was the quarterback play. Yeah. So scoring five touchdowns a game is great. I'm curious to see because we've seen Free Spoke a little exposed this past week. Uh, but they pace, you, you said that their first challenge comes against YNY. It's this week against Le Petit Fuck. Yeah, LPP is going to be tough. Th- that's a tough game for them. Because yeah. LPP, their defense might not be stellar, but they score a ton of points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And it, it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out because this year's, you know, co-ed has been, there's some uh, spicy games that I've watched so far in co-ed. Involving your team, by the way, but uh, you know it's been pretty. Was good. it the same game we just talked about? Or? Uh, yes, yes, uh, a lot of drops in that game, but that's another story for the <laughs> just day. Just one, one important one. One right? important one that could have been a nice W for you guys. Um, okay. Like, there's two more undefeated teams left: uh, Easy Fun and Fast and Not Fast Not Furious. Last one standing will be who that will still have no losses. Uh, well, let's take a look at uh, this. Uh, I'll take a look at the schedules really quick. Um, why and why? Hold on, let's okay. get Eagles' thoughts on that. On these teams? Yeah, go ahead, Eagle. <laughs> so, Easy Fun have Le Paquer, the Village La Sect, under schedule for the next three weeks. <laughs> and then Fast Not Furious has Sneaky Snakes, Iced Out, and Melting Pots. So, I don't see either of those teams losing any of those games. So, it's going to get down to week eight on November 6th, where they play each other. Can you tell us the time and, and location of fields, please? Uh, that is going to be Lachine 2, Sunday, November 6th at 7 p.m. So I give the edge uh, in the head-to-head to Fast Not Furious. I think they're the best roster in co-ed. Um, Easy Fun might have like the best set of uh, position players. Yeah. Uh, but the quarterback advantage goes... Like, it's close, and then the quarterback advantage goes to Miles Gibbon, obviously. Who's done, I think he has one INT so far this Dude's year. Dude's got a rocket, man. Oh, he, he was a top-end quarterback. Played at the yeah. University of South Alabama for yeah. a while. Yeah, it's clear he's an NCAA quarterback. But, yeah. like, it's years ago, but he threw a ball in our game to the back of the end zone, and I was like, that's a, that's a beautiful ball. Like, beautiful that ball arrives, your ball's still be in the air as that ball's ready there, going to the next play type of thing. No, he's, he's, got, he's a really good quarterback. Uh, for fast and not fierce. I think the quarterback play this year, I mean, given there's more teams in co-ed, uh, the depth of this division has been phenomenal, P's and Eagle. 
And uh, it, it might come down to that one throw, and he might be that guy that can make that one throw that could put them in position to win a championship or going towards a key part of the season. So, you know, I, I look at that right now with fast, not fierce. I'm going to say they're the last team standing because that roster as a whole, as I said before, he's talented, a lot of size to work with, and they have a lot of F- FPF experience that can definitely make a run as well. So as Eagle is now in the Smarties right yeah. now, diving in. So how many are we at now, Eagle? Mm, let me see. Ten. I have eighteen left. Eighteen left. Wow, he's gone through thirty-two. That's insane. And we're not even through twenty minutes of the I, show. I don't, I don't think I can eat three of those in a sitting. And neither I can't eat, eat like one bite of those. Anyway, it's, uh, it's rough to watch. <laughs> it definitely is. Well, rough okay, to if, watch. if you had to, like, I know you don't normally eat it, but if you had to, because similarly, I don't eat chocolate or candy. Yeah, I'm not a big guy candy guy. So, like, I, once a year on Halloween, my, my wife and I will have some candy. Right. And I might have three of those in the entire day. Like if I, and that's me forcing it down. Like yeah, I, I have mean, trouble eating. The irony's are about like sixteen of these boxes to give out to kids. But I'm saying if you, if yeah. you were to push yourself, how many do you think you could eat? My God, maybe like ten tops. But like in a day, right? Like not, not yeah, in a half I hour. Mean, yeah, in a sit down, maybe you know a little bit more. But so we're day, eighteen minutes into the show. Yeah, I know. And this guy's like, he's during Easter, I eat a Costco bag of mini eggs in a day. Jesus, oh my God, this guy's like a kid, man. Holy bleep. Anyway, uh, look, uh, the big game this week in women's is Brutes against uh, Vortex. Uh, tail of the tape, keys to this game here, Peas. They play Sunday in Lachine. Um, we know that uh, Vortex did beat Brutes earlier this season. So now, does anything change from the tail of the tape with these two teams going at it this weekend? Vortex have 18 points allowed through five games this season. It's very impressive. And, like, part of it, you know, like the whole uh, – Saying that offense is uh, your best defense. Yeah. Part of it is that, is that they're always on attack. Uh, Gabriel, Van- Gabriel Vanier is always looking to throw downfield. Um, I think if Brutz want to have a chance, they – not have a chance, rather. If, if their best chance to win would be that um, they, they, for- they take away the, the deep threats and they force yards after the catch. They force them to have to make plays with the ball in their hand. Um, I think that's the, the best course of action. That being said, 12 of those 18 points against were scored by, by Brutz, right? right? Yeah. So at least you can say, okay, they're the ones that have put up a fight. They, right. they, they were, and absolutely. It was, it was a great game. Um, I expect this one to be a little bit, uh, a little bit um, higher scoring. Uh, I've heard Maud Lacasse say, say, I've heard it said that in that game she looked a little tentative, like she didn't really know the Vortex squad as well perhaps, or maybe the defense was just doing things that made her uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. She's so talented. I, I don't expect it to be an issue this time around. Right. I think, and remember, you know, Brutz have only allowed 24 points. So both teams have really good defenses. But you look at uh, a player like Annabelle Chevrier and Lindy Flanagan, those are the two I think that will be a big part. Flanagan brings a bit of a st- steel to that defense for her, with her physicality that she has. And that might be required in a, in a proper context, not in an intentional well, and, and way. Did you? I'm, I'm sorry, I missed the first name. Did you mention Stephanie Baudry Zanotti? Yeah, but everyone knows about her, right? Like yeah. she's she's been in lockdown. I know she had the bulk of INTs in one game against Ludenal, but uh, but still, she's she's all over the place exactly. in general. Like she still she also leads the team in tackles. She has seven PDs. Like, no question. Like it's it's a big deal to have her on the field. And Absolutely. yes, you're right. It's it's building the other pieces around yeah. her that make them. And I think Chevier and Flanagan are the two, especially Flanagan, because with the intermediate passes, she does a fairly good job with that in controlling the the narrative. Yeah. So I, I think it's those two that will be looked upon, I think, on Sunday that can definitely be influential in the game. And if they're able to really control uh, the 5 to 10-yard range of the LOS, the line of scrimmage, 
I really believe this game can, will come down to the last play I and mean, whoever has the last play. Perhaps, but I think really they need to take away the, the big-time plays, the big-time plays that uh, Gabriel Vanier can can make. Like, you know, Catherine Girard is averaging 16 yards a catch. Uh, Mathilde Renault averaging 14 yards a catch. Virginie Aubou-Menard, 13.7 yards per catch. Like, these are all receivers with double-digit catches putting up that many yards per catch. Right. Um, they're an explosive offense. They're... they're it's the most fun I've had watching flag football. Not women's flag football. Flag football yeah. in a long time. I was watching the Vortex's first game. My eyebrows were singed. It was... Well, they, they ripped apart Red Nation. It, it, dude, it was, it was out of this world. Like, it, Red Nation were shell-shocked. They couldn't believe, like, who are these people? Like, what, what's going on here? Like, wh- they're, tearing, they're tearing us up, you know? And, and, uh, and they have not recovered Red Nation. That comes to the next question, right? Like, any concern for Red Nation? Yeah, I'm, I'm really concerned. Uh, because they barely beat Lou Denal, who were playing the second game of the back-to-back against them. And they barely beat them by, I think, like four or five points here. And uh, I spoke to Laurie about this last week. But I think, Pease, it, it's uh, Red Nation. You might have to put a red flag in between the word Red and Nation. Because right now, Pease, they are nowhere near at the level of the top two teams of this uh, league or conference. Yeah. Um, I I think they know that they're missing a piece. So we saw them bring in Kaya Allen Beckles. Um, and she was targeted 14 times in one game. That's a lot. Yes. That's a lot. The, the reason is, is that they kind of remind me of, remember like, you know, we're old, so the old days of the Big Ten. We were just plotting football. Yeah, like just move the chains, move the chains. Like, like um, when when they're playing their best, Alison Sobel is playing conservative game and then taking a shot when she needs to. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and again, it's in her mentality too. Like, she's a gunslinger. So, you know what? First and second down didn't work out. She loves to let it loose on third down. And then letting the defense carry and, and, and handle the, the, the mistakes. Yeah. Um, but the problem Rochelle is... Rochelle Bayer with another carry on this game, another two INTs. Yeah, she's she's uh she's heading towards Hall of Fame territory if oh. she goes to that clip. First ballot. Yeah. If, if and also, by the way, a uh, great Y and Y player. I, I played against her in co ed. Yeah. And I told her I, I couldn't believe how quickly she closed in on on uh flat routes. And it's cool to see because she's someone who's been playing flag a long time. It's not someone who played tackle and then has yeah. to adjust the flag. She's so good in in the flats and, and 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 she can play safety as well but the fact that you can use her anywhere on the field on defense is so valuable and we're seeing that rewarded with the insane amount of in- interceptions it, it might go to waste with them not being able to defend their title i mean uh, they're as Louis said last week and i'm sure you probably agree to this mm-hmm. they're sort of like the link of the uh, of the bottom of the league and the top end of the league. Yeah. they're just the middle team like yeah. they i don't know if they have enough fire they're their own tier yeah, they're their own like island, you know, and uh, they're, they're missing some explosiveness um, on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, they're still stellar. Um, Lamise is a really good defender. Um, Rachel Valier, obviously, like we talked about, yeah. and the great two-way player of Geraldine Caballobante. But it feels like on offense, it's just Geraldine, it's just Gigi, who's got that firepower, right? Yeah, there's there's no ingenuity with the offense. It's, if it's, if it's not Gigi. And it's really who. But that's why you bring in someone like Kaya uh, no, Beckles, Beckles. yeah. And her ability to operate in space is insane. Yeah. it's uh, She catches it, one cut up the field. Uh, she's excellent. What's the story of Louvre du Nord in this one? Did uh, Melissa Anzavier just carry them to 18 points just on great plays? Or did, are they finally starting to get some chemistry, some rapport and everything? Well, and I still see a lot of incompletions. Yeah, I mean, you know, words of encouragement for Louvre du Nord, right? They, I've seen them play a couple of times now. 
Um, unfortunately, they they were uh, crushed by Brut a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and, and which is they, to be expected. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I, I love the team spirit, the the fan base that comes out to support them. Obviously, with this being a one division format, I think if this was like a two tier format for FPF uh, women's, they'd be much more competitive. They do have players that I think are competitive. They do have players that I think can compete. But I just think the lack of experience at this level of Fly Plus is hurting them. And maybe if they come back in, in the soon years, it'll help them become better as a football team. Yeah. And interestingly, Red Nation only were able to score in the first half. And I thought at the very least, even if they, they had some lapses on defense, uh, Red Nation would be able to put a point. So it's cool to see Louvre de Nord actually making adjustments at halftime. Right. Um, the concern I had with both Louvre and uh, Louvre de Nord was that a lot of their plays have too many receivers ending up in the same spot. There's not they, they use spacing poorly, and uh, FPF and flag football in general is a game of spacing. Um, and so, if the timing doesn't resolve itself, you can't have players ending up at the same spot in the field, right? Yeah, no, it's uh, yes, you go. Out of curiosity, piece because you're a quarterback. Would you rather six versus six, so the extra receiver with the extra yardage on the field, so basically you know the width of the field, or five on five, so one less receiver but a tighter field? So um, I I know I'm sure you remember this eagle. I played a game against you against lockdown where we were six versus five for a good portion of the game, mm-hmm. and we out we actually outscored you during the game, and I I actually really liked the, uh, playing f- like five players. Uh, just because I already use a lot of like unbalanced sets, like trips and stacks and stuff like that. So for me, it was like it, it forced me to have to use that part of my play- playbook. And since that game, I, it actually pushed me to be more uh, creative. But one of the things I thought about is while the field is tighter, it's still as long. So it, it forces a more vertical game, which is not my style of quarterbacking at all. I like having the whole field, the, the width of the field to work with. But... Um, for someone with a with a really good, really good touch on their deep ball and and makes uh, downfield reads really well, five on five is actually a really interesting game. Five on five, I, I like it because now seeing it from the women's perspective of the league being five on five right You're now. You're speaking for the women's perspective, man. Yeah, but I'm seeing man's that, with Mo. No, no, but I'm seeing from from that level of the flow, yeah. right? I, I think it, there's a different approach to that game from a philosophy standpoint because. You know, in the, in the regular six-on-six six full-size field that we do for FPF, if you don't convert a fourth down, the opposing team gets the ball at wherever that is, right? Yeah. Whereas here, it's like you need to get four half plays, field. half field, and get the first down. But if you don't hit it, then it goes back the other way. So there's that risk-reward that, hey, it's fourth down. Let's try to pick it off here and maybe take that extra you know, step or two to maybe kind of get that pick going our way because if we do, we'll get the ball in great real estate position. And then you see that a little bit more often now, and hence why you see a lot – a higher amount of INTs with some of these players that they're willing to take that risk on third and fourth down to say, look, if we can't get that fourth down, we're going to get the ball back our own five. got to go all the way there. Whereas if we get it halfway or maybe even deeper. It makes the game more challenging in that sense. Yeah. You know, oh, it, is, it absolutely is more challenging. It's yeah. a different, while it's part of FPF, it is uh, a different sport in a sense because of that rule. Uh, one of the things we've talked about uh, in a preseason meeting and we'll bring, uh, we'll, we'll lift the curtain a little bit. Uh, we talked about offering, some divisions as FPF and offering additional divisions as FPF international, yeah. international rules. Uh, where and, and similarly, offering a women's division that is traditional FPF as well as women's division that is international. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for us to grow as a league to adopt both versions of this sport. 
Absolutely. And, and that's what will be fascinating to see as we uh, evolve, right, as a league, how this plays out uh, as this will trickle through to other divisions of the FPF world. On to Tier 3. And what we have lined up for Tier 3. Pease, are you surprised by the Ravens? They're 1-2. and two, And they're not even in that conversation of, you know, the traditional, hey, Tier 3, whatever division they're in, that they could be one of the best. But at 1-2, is that surprising that they're not 3-0 and oh or 2-1 and one at this point? Somewhat. I, I thought they were going to skew towards um, the the top of the division. I think Kiss My In-Laws and, and Bruins specifically uh, are, are the class of the division, but I thought Ravens would be in that next tier. I didn't expect them to be towards the bottom of the of the division. Is this a schedule question, though? I mean, not to say like the teams they played I have mean, been stronger than them. So they, they lost to Arush, which to me, Ravens and Arush are the same sort of tier, but they got blown out. And they have a history of those two teams. They do. They, they do. They play in the same division for a long time, so you know um, that's going to be the case. That said, it was a game they played with Justin Sarlabus at quarterback, right? So you don't have any information. They beat threat level midnight. That's to be expected. Um, and then um, they take on Bandits, which I thought was fairly evenly matched, but I give I give the edge to Ravens because you know the the defense of the Ravens and Emil Scaff's veritable inexperience in the, in, in FPF. But Joel Hu throwing three interceptions this game, um, yeah. and and that that surprised me. I thought I thought they could have uh, managed the game a little bit better. They add another big body in Yvan Desjardins, who had a great game uh, on offense, especially catching five passes, fifty-four yards, and a touchdown. Um, but I thought uh, this would be a game where we see Ravens winning a close one, rather than right. this is the kind of game Ravens usually win, and and Joel Hu is not the one usually who makes the three mistakes in the game. No, and, and look, their schedule, they'll play uh, the 17-year-olds in, in uh, the next week or so on Tuesday. They'll have two games on Tuesday, back-to-back. Uh, they'll play Voodoo as well. I Look, I saw both teams, the Eagles, there to play uh, the uh, 17-year-olds. They could definitely win those two games and get to 3-2, and two, and they'll definitely be four. And they'll definitely get a win over White, so serious. It's that Blue Dreamers, Dreamers game that could be the trickiest one on their schedule. Killer Rays are competitive, but... The Limos will be an interesting matchup because of the speed, but I think yeah. the, there's the size kind of nullifies all those throwing windows. Right. And it's, it comes down to whether or not they can they can keep Zipatelli uh, under wraps in, yeah. in the backfield. Uh, who's the better team right now? Arush or Kiss My In-Laws? We know Bruins are running with this division, smoking teams by 85 million points. But between Arush and Kiss My In-Laws, who's the second best team? Bruins have a tier two quarterback, basically. Uh, yeah. And I think in a world where the Bruins don't exist, the best team in the division is Kiss My In-Laws. Um, it's to me one of the most complete kiss my blank teams that uh, exists in FPF. Uh, Iggy uh, Valdez Manzanero, how many games has he thrown now without throwing an interception? IVM has done a very good job this year. He, honestly, he took a concept uh, developed by guys like me and, and Stephen Harper saw it, uh, as an offense, and he's performing at a level that I have never seen someone with that level of inexperience uh, be able to do. So uh, I I credit his intelligence uh, and his ability to absorb information, but it's not just him, right? Like uh, Dave DeAndre is a great piece. Marvin Steinberg at this division is great. Lucas Canville, by the way, is insanely fast. Yeah, he's insanely fast, and that's kind of this team needed another speedster, and that's kind of what they got because they already had a lot of size. Uh, they got a bad break with an injury to the rusher early in the season, but Zachary Albert Skill comes in and fills that gap, and nobody can ever understand or explain to me why Zachary Albert's Gill is such a good rusher, but nine sacks. 
it's he a, keeps it's doing an art it. form though right he you know he's he's amazing and um he's not particularly fast he just takes a really good angle doesn't make a mistake and if the if the defense can can get you down to your second or third read he gives him enough time to get there and he won't miss a flag. 164 sacks in his career. Zachary Insane. Albert Gills. He's like, got yeah. more sacks than Justin Blanchard, who's played longer and is a faster, much faster human being. Yeah, I mean, right? Like it's insane. Yeah, like I would definitely say, um, Kiss my in-laws are a very good team. In Eagle, team. can you can you look? Sorry, one second, yeah, Mo. Sorry ahead. to cut you off. No is, do you have the ability to look up um, the top rushers and where Zachary Albert Gill already ranks in terms of sacks? Uh, I can actually. So Ryan Aridi holds the record at 403 total career that'll, sacks. I don't think that would ever be season. broken, though. Hmm? I don't think that would be ever broken, though. I mean, if someone starts playing at 18 and yeah, retires at 40 and still fast, yeah, um, it'd take a long time, though. It'd take teams. a long time to hit uh, that. Yeah. So right now, if uh, Gil were to retire, he'd make the top 10. He'd be 10th overall right now. Daniel Belfeuille holds that spot at 159, but there's about. Four people between 160 and 172. So he would easily almost break top five. He's in the range of Chris Miard, Phil Dekovicic, and uh, pushing on Charles uh, Belleron and everything. So right. insane. Yeah. By the way, but, but also, he's played a lot less games than all of those people. Yeah. And, and you know, he's a... Maybe not Belfoy, but... Yeah, but he's a pure pass rusher, right? He's not playing corner. He's not playing... Like, he's... No yeah, but neither did a lot of those guys. No. Like, like, okay, like, Ryan Aridi's played a lot of positions more recently. Yeah. But... Um, when you look at guys, oh sorry, sorry, my my voice breaking up, but but uh, Daniel Belfoy has uh, largely only played rusher. Uh, Charles Bergeron, same thing. Um, Kevin Marshall mostly, Hinsley Adams mostly rusher. So like, yeah. you know, Matt Kirwak mostly rusher. Right. Um. So yeah, it's it's impressive. It's impressive to see like that. Those those are all the guys that were playing FPF when I started playing FPF. Yeah, yeah. No, Zachary Robinson's sure. skills, uh, Johnny come lately. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's unfortunate Arush and Kiss Manlaws will not play at all during the opening round. They might have a collision course at some point during the knockout stages as well. But it'll be fascinating to see when they do play each other. Uh, the the technical approach that uh, Iggy takes as a quarterback, IVM, I guess in a roost team loves to go deep ball and, and explode explosive plays that they have moving forward here. So that's going to be fascinating so to see. So what's interesting is that the system Iggy plays, of which I'm very intimate, people consider it like a, a, a check down um, system, but you're actually not looking for the check down. You're looking to hit those intermediate areas and for guys to take the ball up the field. Yeah. It's not... Iggy scores on a lot of drives that are three or four plays. Right. And so, yes, he's not throwing the 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 the, the deep 50-50 balls, but he's getting the same results. In, in and uh, a good example of that was, place. like, for example, guys like me and, and, and Stephen Harpersod, we put up a lot of yards, but mm. we're not throwing the sideline fades, right? No, no, for no. the For the most part. So um, it's just a different way to he's achieve a, He's a technician when, he has, when he's a quarterback. Yeah. That's what he is. So right now, like, there's, there's obviously because the schedule and balance of teams playing a lot and very little. Uh, there are teams with games in hand here, Peace. We look at teams such as... Ah, oh, Mokan's game in hand. Hey, it's, it's always like favorite that, topic. Hey, I love it. Voodoo, 17-year-olds, Trap Stars, Blue Dreamers. Uh, Blue Dreamers had a big one against... Uh, I forget who they played yesterday. I'm blanking out right now who they played. I didn't even score kept that game. Anyway, um, a team like Trap Stars, f- for example, they've only played two games, right? They're 0-2 so far, uncharacteristic for them. They're a fully loaded roster. I think they can definitely make a run into the top eight. Who's this? Uh, Trap Stars. Trap Stars. Um, yeah, I think they make a run into the top eight and be much more effective with what they, they have now. They seem back. bored with the regular season. 
you know, like because they played in the finals, they they had, they had you know they made the playoffs last season, and had some roster inconsistencies. Um, you know, Ryan Garver's back at quarterback. He's been good, but they've only played two games, right? So like it's hard to get a feel for it. I just I saw them play against the Fest, and they just sort of were going through the motions. I I think they're just it feels like they're just waiting for like the part of the season where like okay, let's flip the switch and we'll be us again. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what it feels like. Uh, I meant to say Diamond Bougies, who played Boot Dreamers the other day. Uh, they're a good team, too, by the way. Yeah, we'll get to the quarterback very soon. But um, I think Lockdown will make their run. Uh, sorry, uh, Trap Stars will make their run with what they've done so far. I mean, yeah. only two games played, and they definitely control the narrative. Warriors are quite fascinated by. Uh, Voodoo, they're 3-0. I know they beat uh, Wise Series, which wasn't an easy I mean, it wasn't an easy game to watch from a, uh, from a neutral perspective when Frank K gets a pick six. Really? He almost got two picks. I didn't know that. He got a pick six yesterday. I mean, so like I, Frank is a smart quarterback, so I can under, I can imagine his positioning is great on defense. Yeah. Like he can read a concept and jump something in the short. Uh, but to to bring it back for six is a whole other story. He almost got two pick sixes. That's wild. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, anyway. Lucien Pierre made a uh, made a, a fingertip uh, prevention of him going the way with the pick six. So, like, Voodoo, I think, uh, is, is a fascinating team. I think they'll kind of tail off a little bit and end up in the five to set, five to eight range here with where they're at. Uh, Blue Dreamers is who I'm watching out for. They are a team that's starting to grow a little bit more. And Nick uh, Rizzo-Gomes uh, definitely is looking like a, a dominant threat from his position on the offensive side of the football this year. He's excellent, by the way. I, yeah. uh, I faced him in co-ed uh, recently. Really good defender. I saw him on the way here, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I was. Does he live upstairs? I don't know. Well, the, I, I know the Gomes live upstairs from yeah. where we are, and the broadcast studios. I, I I was in the middle of a FPF Instagram meeting, so I couldn't partake. Uh-huh. But it was nice to see him. Uh, speaking of uh, the Bougie Boys, uh, Jules Regimbal. Yeah, uh, this is a team that definitely has football experience. Uh, I like his his uh, his confidence, his bravado. He plays with that uh, that twitch <laughs> they look for from a quarterback. Um. Is this a name that we should all start getting familiar with if it's, if this Whoa. team sticks stays forward? Here? I thought you were a literate man. I thought you were a man who was well-read. I try not to I be. I thought you read many articles written by me and Iggy Magnus last season. I do not. Well, we praise Jules Regenbald. Um Yeah, I like him. The guy's got a sick arm. <laughs> <laughs> the guy, like, I, that's, so once in a while you see a guy throwing an FPF, uh, a guy like Frank K, right? Frank yeah. K has been... Uh, very accomplished for somebody who's not a natural quarterback, not a natural thrower of the football, right? Yeah. This dude is the opposite. You see him throwing, it's like, oh, that's a quarterback. That's not that's not a guy trying. That's a dude. That's a dude, <laughs> you yeah, know? He's, he's a dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, the guy, flick of the wrist, can get it from one side of the field to the other. Um, kind of reminds me of uh, the tall dude who played for that team with Sifat Cassette and those those guys. Oh, Arnaud Desjardins. He reminds me of Arnold Desjardins. Yeah, he was playing Laval University. Similar build. Uh, he has that ability to throw from one corner of the end zone to the other corner of the end yeah, zone yeah. with effortless, effortlessly. But he also seems to play with some sort of ir- like disregard for the game the same way Arnold Desjardins did, right? Like He just seems to not care about flag as much as a lot of other guys. No, he plays with a chip. Like He had a chip on his shoulder yesterday. Yeah, okay. Like, I've he, seen has, he has that competitive juice Just in seemingly him. Like, lay, like super laid back. Yeah, he has that juice in him. That, that in his oh, show. That's cool. I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad to see that because um, from a talent perspective, 
Diamond Bougie is great. I think it's going to take them a, s- a second, uh, specifically Jules Rosenbaum, to, to, to become a true fly quarterback yeah. because the dimensions are different. Um, and, and look, the overall counting stats are going to look great. It just, in key moments, um, like in a game where you're playing close against uh, Blue Dreamers, um, they end up getting the win just based on their knowledge and, and their ability to they're not going to be physically outmatched by yeah. Diamond Bougie. So w- the difference in that game is, is knowledge. Right. And then we saw that. Eagle, you saw them up, up close and personal when you lost them with lockdown. Are you done choking? I'm good now. Okay. How many are we at now, Eagle? Uh, I have eight left. Oh, my. It, it won't even take him half the show. I know it won't, but don't worry. We'll make it fun for him. All right. Uh, it's on to tier two now. Uh, well, he, I didn't answer his question. I, I, question. I know, but I want to start getting eagle. Go ahead, eagle. The big thing about Diamond Bougie is their their size and their speed. They are tall and they are fast, and so that gives uh, Jules a little bit of advantage to where he can put the football high up in the air. They can jump for it. They're the first ones to get to it, and I think that also reflects in his numbers. Right? No, very few ints just because of the fact that those balls are specifically placed for his receivers and right. no one else. Right. So, yeah, that also makes the team look better than they actually potentially are, right? Like, they don't have to run a system as much as they can just run plays and just go get the ball. But they have guys like Philippe Boutet's amazing. Like, he's a really good player. Exactly. Nathan Desjardins. Uh, they have Antoine Roger, we, we've known in FPF for a little bit. Um, they, they have players as well. Like, I don't want to sell them short either. Oh, no, no, absolutely. Like, they're making plays, too, with the other thing, right? It's one thing to have, you know, fast, tall people on your team, and it's another thing if they know how to play football and run routes and catch the balls. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. On to Tier 2, as we are uh, chopping away at these chocolates here as we move to Tier 2. So I put this as a jokes uh, storyline here. I with, don't even know what you mean. Well, uh, I, I told you, like, no one on either team knows what you mean by this. I, I mean, like, there, there was Stephen Harper who raised his voice. On oh, I didn't hear that. Well, you I was on that. the other side. Uh, the other side. Yeah, yeah. That's why I put that in there because it, there was a congregation of, of humans at center field when Harpersaw was calling out the. I guess it was a uh, a very uh, bang bang play. I guess with what happened over there. So there, w- there was two plays that uh, happened similarly. Um, one was one of their players who I want to say was fifth. I don't remember. Uh, ran over. One of our players who I also don't remember, but it was he <laughs> was great. he was just breaking down on a route, yeah, and collided, and the referee said you got to be in control of your body, and it was a penalty. Uh, then later in the game, Mike Pierstein was following the play, yeah, and then as he's running, there was a a, a player who uh, was stood still because he finished his route, and somebody yeah. else caught the ball, yeah, and Mike, as following the play, you know, late to turn his head, ran into. Uh, the defender Mike is shaped like a bowling ball of muscle and so the collision was not favorable but it was like you know Mike saying that wasn't yeah. uh, done with malice at all no no of course not. I, it just and then Steven came up to us after the game and he said hey so what happened that play like were you trying to hit, hit our player like it's flag man like and he's like and Mike was like no dude I, like, I'm not even upset like about the game like it, it was a good game it just I didn't see him and then when I put my hands out last minute, it wasn't to shove him. It, I was trying to brace myself, you know. Right, right. Um, and Mike just moves really quickly, and um, and that's that's yes, what Eagle. happened. I do have a. But it was enforced the same way. Sorry, Eagle. It was enforced. The penalty was called on both teams the same mm-hmm. way, so it was it was a good application. Unlike the interception that was given to Sanders Arma. Yes, Eagle. I do have a question for Pease, and it's something we kind of started in one of our internal chats. Um, and this game is a kind of somewhat good example of it because. 
the flex cap is in play for Kiss My Outlaws, right? Yeah. So um, and it's the it, most in play for Kiss My Outlaws. So just to, for everyone knows how it works, if we notice that there's a cap violation, we check to make sure how much they're over by, and so they have an actual cap applied to them. So as long as their actual cap is lower than the participant cap number over here, they're considered good from a flex perspective as we finish the website updates to have this as a permanent thing because this year was like the trial year for it. But that brings me to my question here. Do you think the flex cap is too powerful for elite quarterbacks who can come into tier two, division B, D division two, co-ed, for example, whatever it is that has a quarterback cap, and it doesn't penalize the wrong... I think it's a good idea. I worry about it in fall because there's less divisions in general. Yeah. Um, that said, I think it's like... Because that's... Like, you look at... I kiss my outlaws. That's a ridiculous roster. And they have the best... They have a top five quarterback in FPF. You know, it's... Yeah, it's a first... They have a first battle Hall of Famer playing quarterback. Um, and I... So here's I was telling you I, I, we talked about it a little bit Eagle you often ask me you, you use me a lot of times as your your measuring stick and you say like because I've been moving up in divisions right right and so Eagle asked often asked me like so how's it going do you feel like out of place so every as we moved up despite my apprehension I've always been like well actually I don't feel out of out of out of, uh, out of place mm -hmm. and so I asked Eagle about like in terms of last season I was like how was I in terms of efficiency like where did I rank in terms of quarterback play, and I was actually sixth in, in the division of all full-time quarterbacks. Right. So I was like, okay, well, I was in the top part, so it makes sense that I moved to Tier 2. So that said, now that I'm one of the few quarterbacks who's not using a flex a QB cap, it feels as though if I make a mistake, the game is over, where I didn't feel that way in other divisions because of the margin lack of, of forgiveness, the, 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 just no yeah. margin of error, whereas someone like Harpersod will have a greater margin of error because of how much that team could still be a strong roster with having one of the top tier quarterbacks. So the and the quarterback stats represent that too, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like you're leading in interceptions. Jason Rossi is tied with you, but he's also very aggressive with the ball and has double the amount Look, of Look, I'm always going to throw, right? throw more interceptions as I could. It's, it's part of the way I play the game. Uh, but it's also that... Like for us, we've you know we've made mistakes. It's 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 as a team we made mistakes. It's that I can't overcome them the same way Stephen Harpersod can because he's a better quarterback. So the bottom line is, did Alexis Dubois start this beef? What beef? <laughs> we played together two hours later. I know. I'm saying he started the beef. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. That's he, all I wanted to know. He's a look. If you ask certain undesirables in this league, they'd say he's a bad person. Exactly. Um, okay. On to Outlaws uh, Mangoes. That's the big game this week here. Uh, if you had to pick a player to that you would want on your team for this matchup, James Drysdale or Finn Farrand, two of the best receivers in this tier and also on their teams. You're asking me to pick a player or pick a receiver? Pick a receiver. Because it's a different answer. All right, how about this player? I give a slight edge to Phil Farrand. Why, why Farrand over Drysdale? Um, he's, I think he's a slightly better defender. Um, the way you, the way, so James Drysdale is a great reactive player. Like he, he, when the ball's in the air, his break on it is ridiculous. But uh, Phil Fanon is just reading the concept a little bit better. And I think James Drysdale, because he's been in lower divisions for, for a while, yeah. I think now that he, he's been pushing himself to play in higher divisions and, and now with Mangus, that skill is developing quickly. But at the moment, I think Phil Fanon, I give him a slight edge. But as a sheer receiver, I don't think there's that many guys better than James Drysdale in the league. Uh, Drysdale's explosive. 
explosive. He's great body control, great hands. Sick fade. Not just yeah, he does have a sick fade. Yeah, but sick not fade. just not just his ability to make highlight real catches, but his explosiveness after catching, his route running, his catch his his catching on short balls, intermediate balls, uh catching traffic. He does every part of the game exceptionally well. So I give the edge on offense to James Drysdale. Well these two teams in a larger edge on offense than I give right. Phil Final on defense. So these two teams going at it this weekend, Outlaws, um sorry, I mean I meant to say uh, Mangoose who's playing Kiss My Outlaws. In this situation, do we look at Nick Schaefer's being the wild card because he's off to a great start this year, but he's had his his uh, hiccups where he's throwing two or three, if not four INTs in the game. Could this be the situation where maybe he doesn't have his best performance in getting Mangus's victory over Kiss Malos? Um, so there were a couple throws he made against us. I call uh, Iggy called them uh, te- uh, no, sorry, it wasn't Iggy. It was our snapper Jean Roussi. He called them tennis throws because. The receiver didn't get there, but the ball literally landed on the back line of the end zone. Yeah. On, on a fade or on a post. And I was just like, that's a perfect ball. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's he's one of the nicest throwers of the football I've ever seen. Uh, that said, he takes chances. And it's kind of the thing that makes Nick Schaefer special. Right. Um, whereas, um, when you look at Stephen Harpersod, it's... You, we talked about it, how Iggy Magnus is, is surgical. He The, the chief surgeon... Of FPF DMD. is Stephen Harper's hot, right? DMD, like yeah. he's uh, he's brought this knowledge and, and and developed it in this league in a way that um, you continue to see new looks from him every week. Right. It, right. It's it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I think you know in, in this game, I think Schaefer's gonna be fascinating to watch because now he's playing a, a really good team in in in, uh, in Kiss My Outlaws on Sunday, and. This this core group of Mangus has been together for eons now. They they've been together now. This is the chance for them to really kind of lay down the gauntlet that's saying, look, the, the road for this tier goes through us, not through you guys. If we get this victory here, and if they were to pull it off against uh, Kiss My Laws, I think that'd be a massive statement of intent of what they could be going towards the final three games of the opening round, and then going towards the knockout stages in November. So I'm really fascinated by this game, how this will play out for them. Yeah. But speaking of the next level of teams in this tier. You look at blackouts or Santar. Are these teams anywhere of being a threat towards blackouts. outlaws or or ma- mangoes? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No I, thought, I thought the question ended. No uh, I was trying to do that thing where it's like you know uh, banter. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Bantering at its finest. Speak one, speak the other. And no, uh, I, I to me it's blackouts. Santar are, are good. Um, they're they're more beatable. Blackouts are strong across the board, and Adam Sanagra is ridiculous and. He's by playing with hashtag NR and and was it Division B in the spring? Yeah, Division B. Yeah, that that helped him learn FPF quick enough. I think he's he's a wild card too because he has the experience of winning those tight games. I mean, tackling was phenomenal, but now in FPF he's starting to really showcase that he can definitely take over this league and be a a top end quarterback. Yeah, it's it's and it's happening now. Yeah, the turning point is now. I expect, I expect this, this trio of quarterbacks, uh, Harpersod, uh, and uh, Schaefer and uh, Sanagra. If not, if they don't play in um, Division One, yeah, I think they're all bound for Division. Yeah, no, they're they're all going to be like uh, they're they're. I think they're all good enough to be in Division One. I'm excited to start seeing 
them go at some of the old heads and see how they adapt and and how long it'll take them to to really com- compete with the Wyatts and Lazares and, and those guys. Well, their their passport stamps will be Division One bound. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's going to happen I think so. soon enough. Um, so I think are a little bit they're closer to that next tier. Yeah, of teams. Um, game changers. We know this team, an old name that's now back in the league after three games in their current. Yo, I, Anton Sackis can throw the ball, man. <laughs> I was watching this week. He's so much fun. But is this what you expected with their record and yeah. performance so far? After it, it, and it's for two reasons. One is Anton hasn't been here for a while. We talked about how, uh, again, I talked about the first week that they're going to be more dangerous as the season goes on. Yeah. Um, the second thing is it's a collection of a lot of different players. It's not a true team in a sense. It wasn't built as a singular unit. It was different guys brought in and they've had a lot of subs already. Um, so I think that lack of continuity has hurt them. Um, but I think the best version of their team, when Louis Philippacat's there, when Marty Friedman is there, um, when... Uh, you know they they have their their core pieces Armand Bala, that's a really good team. Yeah, I think it's just a question of all the pieces. I don't know if they they get it together by the end of the the tournament. Well, that's that's the thing about uh, game changers of uh, I mean the recent additions that they've had bigger rosters because guys were not available or just you know running out of fumes, whatever it is. Injuries have been a big issue for this franchise for many years. And if they can, you're right. If they can get a, a proper core that can develop the rapport with uh, on both sides of the football. Then they could definitely make some noise, and you know you're right with with uh, with the Marty Party, Marty Freeman. He's a guy that definitely has that FPF experience. Yeah. Uh, also underrated for his talent. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of guys don't know Marty Freeman. They think of the guitarist of, of Megadeth, but right. no, it's uh, he's he's uh, he's a really good two way player. Yeah, and not, not only that, Ludwig Janji is also the guy that I think he he has that size inside the numbers. If there's numbers on the football field, some I, fields there are, some fields there are, but they're going the it's other lines. Way. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're literally crossing over the, the lines here. But yes, Eagle. We're, we're, uh, I also confuse, yeah, I also confuse Marty Friedman with Martin Freeman, the uh, the Hobbit and Sherlock Holmes sometimes. Where are we at now with the chocolates? <laughs> that was the biggest I don't give a shit I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you feel the tension? Feel like cold. He's jab. upset that I proved him wrong. Because last time he was so high on his mighty horse about how I couldn't eat Mind something. you, he didn't eat all 12 hot dogs. Exactly. So now I'm really showing him. Well, next here. week. What are we doing? The uh, Arush yeah, Challenge. Challenge, you're going to lose again. But when, when are we doing that? Whenever now? you want to lose. Uh, I'm here next week, but I'm not here in two weeks. All right, next week it is. Next week it is doing the Arusha Challenge? Deal. All right, done. Six. Perfect. You might have to do a lot of talking there, Eagle. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> anyway, on to Tier 1. And what we uh, on to Tier 1, what we have left right now. You know, look, you look at Dan Lazare, Joe Mayer, and Stephen Harperside, they're all having amazing quarterback seasons. Dan Lazare in particular is having the, he's out of this charts right now mm. before he's done. So Shocking, he, right? Yeah, shocker. But... He was upset at me. He was upset at me because he only finished with two ninety. He's like me, bro. You can't add t- ten more yards. I go, Dan. It's a set number. I can't <laughs> add yards to your thing. There's an app that calculates. Exactly. I can't do that anyway. Just throw ten more yards, Dan. He did, but he threw an INT instead. Ah. Uh, I go. If you didn't throw an INT, you would have had three hundred five. If you add the interception yards, though. Yeah, exactly. Over exactly. He was so pissed about that. All right. <laughs> uh, look, um, most touchdowns. So yards, can I just take a quick second yeah. to be like, there's not a better group of dudes I'd want representing the top end of FPF. Like, like even you just throw Kevin Wyeth in there as a one final name. It's like, these are the, these are the, the, the the people we'd showcase to to, to aliens to be like, this is the best FPF has to offer. You know, Harper Sadmaru, Cutler, Dylan Taylor, Dan Lazara, 
Jeff Rosenblatt, throw in Kevin Wyatt. That's a nice group of quarterbacks, right? Like it's so cool to see where Division One had really only sort of three claims to the throne. Yeah. Now that we see that. If it's not growing now, it's going to be growing in, in short order. And what I think I like about that list piece is that when we look at those, I think, eight names you've just uh, put out there, every person has a different style in how yeah. they approach FPF. Yes. And that's what makes it fun, yeah. right? Absolutely. It's like, this matchup is favorable to this style versus this uh, look, other one. I know, I know when I got here that there was the one way to play. It was... Triple slants, Kevin Wyeth, everyone trying to copy Kevin Wyeth. Guess what? Not everyone's Kevin Wyeth. No, no one is Kevin and, Wyeth. And that's it. Like the, Anyone else replicating him is going to be a cheap copy. And uh, yes, triple slants is a play that works and it's great and everyone uses it. But there's so uh, many different approaches to the game. And um, it, it's, it's to me what makes FPF special. It's, it's the reason, jokes aside, Eh, bit of a joke too. But it's the reason Joey Taylor's in the Hall of Fame, right? Is that he showed us another way to do it. He showed lower division players another way to do yeah. it. And um, obviously these guys aren't that style specifically because that style itself is so unique. But, you know, Stephen Harperson and his, his, what he developed in MFL and bringing it and adapting it to FBF, Phil Cutler uh, having to adapt from his knee injury and slowly getting his athleticism back and his ability to throw and to run, Dylan Taylor and, and his approach, um, Dan Lazara and his just uh, patience. And, and, and his, like, he's not necessarily the, the, as we talked about, the, the doctor and Stephen Harperson, but no. he is the most patient quarterback he'll check down 30 times if if it means setting up the deep shot when it's there and he'll cuss me out me bro you gave me like five yards yeah because it was a five <laughs> yard catch and there was no yards and, and, and even even Joe Mayer, Joe Mayer to, like like the dude is just uh an alien on the, on I, the I field like it's right? a car where you have like winter sports and normal drive right this is what these guys are there are different styles of drive that you can enjoy it's awesome car. it's awesome it's, so in that case though who will have the most touchdowns this year and the most yards this year Stephen Harper's had a thousand yards in four games is yeah. insane. And Lazarus play, I think, one last than those guys. Yeah, but I'm just but like a thousand yard well, it's true. That's true. Actually, yeah. he'd be on pace too. Right. So that's why the, the the question obviously with them being uneven because of the number of games being played by either side. It, it's fascinating because I look at all the I mean not the tri- I guess the triple crown, right? The touchdown passes, uh yards and I guess completions. All three of them are definitely neck and neck or within range of each other of making a run for that uh, title, if so-called triple crown this season. Um, who I think will do it is Dan Lazara. Who might also do it is Joe Mayer. But who I'd like to see do it, just because of how often he's forgotten in these conversations, is Phil Cutler. I want him to... He's already put his stamp... like. As far as you know, winning isn't truly a quarterback stat, but you need a great quarterback to do it. And um, Phil Cutler's proven that he's winner guy already, but he's actually showing this season. No, no, I'm also I'm also a top dog in these. Yeah, in these he, streets. he might not get it because he's played one more game right now than the other quarterbacks. Who I'd love to see yeah. do it. But he's at 110 right now, right? And Harrisonside's at 100, and he's played one less game. So you would imagine that Harrisonside can surpass that, you know, at five games equal. But you know, I, I look at Lazar right now, and I, just, I feel like Harrisonside's going to throw a pick or two. At some point. Oh, he right? hates it when we predict when he's going to throw an INT. <laughs> Did I week. just do it? Yeah, he goes, oh, you called it, and look what happened. I threw an INT. I go, that's what I do for you, brother. But I think Dan might be putting up some some crazy steroid-like numbers. Not that He's not a steroid. I'm saying, <laughs> I'm saying that that type of juicing. of. going to say you have some. Uh... No, no. Dan's not, not that, Dan's not doing any, any of that stuff here. I'm seeing that level of, of dominance for what he has. 
moving forward here. So, like, no regard right now. They're 0-3. Could they recover from this start and make it more of a competitive start uh, end to their season? That, that was a who, good. Who do they bring in to replace Kendall Myers on the regular now? Like, who's their – what I'll describe as their new It's hard one. because they've had missing players also, right? So, it's hard to know exactly who's replacing – Is it Frank? Long term. No, it's not Frank Taylor Colatrella. <laughs> He's replacing Anson Agra. Um but I, I do I did like your pivot off the Mitchell report and uh and Dan Lazaro there. Um but yeah, I'm I'm not sure Eagle because uh, again, Travis was missing. Uh Joey Notaro was a on again, on again player was was out of town with him as well. Um so I'm not sure I'm not sure the long term re- I'm not sure the long term repl- replacement is. It might be Kenny Bai though. Yeah, Kenny, Kenny Bai is a great player, former McGill Concordia yeah. football player, but this roster's big, and they need to start getting guys eligible for play. I mean, the knockout. Well, but they had a vacation built yeah, in, right? That's right. Yeah, so. that, that vacation that we saw on social media. Yeah, yeah. Um, but can they recover from this only three start though? <coughs> so, um, they they lost, um, they lost the game to STL, which STL is a really good team. Um, they lost a close one to KGP. And then they got beat up on Brad Braves, but that's to be expected to a, to a degree. Um, I think the next two games, they shouldn't have gotten beaten that badly by STL. Yeah, the way they did. So if they can put up a good fight there, and then they face Blessed and, and run it once, they got to get two wins. They got to get two wins in that before the before the Kangaroos game. I would imagine. Because yeah, because if they go winless in that Kangaroo game, it, it's going to be demoralizing. Yeah, yeah, and, and like Kangaroos is just clicking on all cylinders, right, with their offense and what they've built up in in that sense. So I, I'm I'm fascinated to see what they do. Uh, Snagger will be key to this whole um, being the piston of this offense, right? If he's going to get on track yeah. now, I mean, he's thrown six ints, which is uncharacteristic for him. But I think if he gets back on track, he can definitely be problems for teams in this division uh, moving forward here. Uh, quickly here, peace before we get to uh, the next tier. Um, STL, I mean, they're two, two, and one. Are, are we putting them in that top three, top four category, or are they more in the bottom four of this tier? This is who? STL. Um, I lean more towards the top because the the roster is great. Um, so are they better than KGP then? So let's put Kangaroos and Braves. As one tier, maybe blessed, but again, like blessed, it's a short sample size because we saw them struggle in in division was division B or or no it was division two in winter. Right, we yeah. saw them struggle. Yeah. Um. So I think blessed STL KGP are kind of in the middle of that. Run it once, I thought would be better too. Yeah, I think I think run it once is good. I think KGP will will hover. In the three, four, they'll five probably range. win a championship again because yeah, and do. then they'll have one of those epic parties that they yeah. do, uh, which I which I love to be part of. Quasi, you can you know my number, give me a call. Um, but I'll be thirsty, Mo. Hey, listen, Q, Q and I, we've been talking about doing a, like an outing together. We might do it sooner than later. So, All right. you know, we might do it date night. Later. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we 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 will have a night out. He's been asking when, when are we going out. I go rest, my young Jedi. We don't go out every weekend here. We pick and choose the dates we go out. My so friend. is that an old Padawan calling the Jedi young? Yeah, I mean, Q is what twenty eight now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, he's a young, he's a young whippersnapper out there. So that's it, though. 
But yeah, I think I think STL they're, they're fun to watch. I think they might be able to pull off uh, an upset or two along the way here, and they're probably in the proper position of where they are right now at four five right now, moving towards the last half of the opening rounds of games. On to tier four as we move along in this uh, episode. Look, uh, penetrators penetrators of Southern play uh, relatively easy win against Red Dragons, who were playing the second of the back to back that night on Monday at Loyola. But is there a team that you think could be a threat? Like, say the Turf Tolls and Whip 2.0. I've, I've seen Whip 2.0 play. They're good. They have played excellent defense. Did they make the full-time switch at quarterback? <sighs> so when they started the season, yeah. it was uh, Skyler Bailiff. So no, Bailiff's now receiver. Skyler is now their, their top dog at receiver. And, and uh, Zach Stacy. Zach so Stacy's now the quarterback. If they had another quarterback, this is like a, a tier 2-plus receiving core. If not, if not tier one, like, like Zach Stacy, Skyler Bailiff, um, are both excellent. Uh, Mike B, whose name I will learn eventually, and Nick Demalo. That's that's a really, really, really talented uh, group of receivers. Um, and just that one of them has to throw. Oh, Badi Bunji. Yeah, that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, he's a good player, by the way. He, he, he is. is. He is probably, uh, and he was on my side of the field because he, he was playing corner. I'm not saying this to, to, to stroke ego here, but he has really good tools playing well, corner. He's uh he's a former tackle dude. Yeah. Uh you would have known that had you been my article where I profiled their team. <laughs> well, look, I love the articles afterwards. Clearly, if you read my article, you get information. Well. But uh no, he's really good. Like he he showed a lot to me as a defensive player, taking away one yeah. side of the football field, but also on the offensive side of things, he definitely has that that uh, that ruthlessness required to make that big play yeah. if called upon. And so he really brings a different element beyond Bailiff's old-world talent that he has as a pass catcher on that football team. Miguel Espinosa, too, is a rusher is really quick. Yeah, uh, be, It's going to take him know, some time to adjust. But Yeah, he's got to be a little bit more in – play in the margins when I say that, more discipline. Right? Yeah, break down and uh, – Yeah, if yeah. he can figure that out. Uh, I mean, he had a great uh, PD inside oh, the red zone. Also forgot to mention, they also have Julian McLaren Thompson. So it's a really good team. It's a, it's a really team. good team. Yeah, yeah. Julian brings a, a wealth of experience. Yes, Eagle, where are we at now for the chocolate updates? I have three left. Oh, boy. How are you feeling? I feel good. I'm actually oh. saving them for games of the week because I'm going to troll you guys while eating them while reading out the teams. Uh, I don't, it's going to okay. make for terrible I don't radio. know why you're trolling, like, trolling me specifically. I just don't want you to die early. Oh, I'll be fine. I remember, don't know that to be true. Do you remember um, uh, when we called BS on him? Hey, I'll bring my dad's, like... Um, <laughs> A diabetes kit. We could do your sh- blood and it's sugar. It's true. He needs to do a and live he diabetes. No. He said, no, I don't want to do it. I brought it into the studio. He's like, no, I don't want to do it. Come on, Eagle. Take I don't want to prick myself. Yeah, you don't want to well, do it. Listen. Pr- to prove what? My sugar level's high after eating a 50 candies? Yes. yes. I know. Thank you. We want to know how high. Yeah. To put it all in socials. Like We think like 15, 15.4, I, I would say. Yeah. Even higher. I don't know what, I don't know what the level is. And he said to no. no you, you, the, like, for our age group, uh, ideally six to nine. So I know someone that sells those kits. Can we do something where we are exploiting Eagle's blood sugar levels to raise money? Oh, man, if we could raise money. So we do it for charity, Eagle, of your choosing. Would you do it then? (laughs) (laughs) Fine, I get to pick the charity. You get to pick the charity. It can't be Eagle's wallet fund. Yeah, it can't be Eagle's uh, Dungeon and Doom... uh, Game club over there. No, can't I'm going to donate it to the, the Ducks uh, Preservation Society. Oh, you, you know what? That's a, that's a cause we can all get behind. Ducks.org. Ducks. 
Ducks.org. All right. Uh, primetime plays Save <laughs> the Turf Tolls. That would be such tools. a good shoulder, Rob. It would be. Oh, man. Rob would be pissed. All right. Primetime against Save the Turf Tolls. That's the key game this week. It's a massive game for Tier 4. Uh, who has got the edge in this game going to this uh, pivotal duel with these two teams? So the edge to me goes to uh, Save the Turf Tolls. Uh, I was talking to uh, to Vincent Chung, who's playing quarterback this season for Save the Turf Tolls. Yeah. And he's trying. He finds the quarterback position so easy that he's trying to not run so that he can share the ball more with his teammates. And I think at some point the competitiveness is going to get there and like in games it'll get tight, potentially a game against like uh, a game against uh, Primetime, for example, where he can take off. That dude can fly. Right. He he can fly. Yeah. Um, And so um, they don't have necessarily a, a ton of athletes behind him, but they're guys who play different roles well. Oh, and they they actually play QB roulette before that. Also, Eagle, don't forget we need to do QB roulette to see who's playing it. quarterback. Oh boy, yes. for them this season, uh, this week. But um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's going to be a tighter game. But I think that's one where Vincent Chung's competitiveness will take over, and in key moments, if he needs to take off, if he needs to buy time, he'll do that. Yeah, I think I think Chung. I've seen one game of his so far. He has he has a lot of confidence. I mean, he looks really comfortable in the pocket. Um, does not look like a quarterback that's flustered. Where's that term? He's flustered. Don't you don't have to say the drop. He's gonna play it. I don't know. Flustered. He's, he's flustered. Just keep talking. He'll play it. <laughs> I know, but you never know this guy. This guy's on chalk of uh, high range. Played it last week. I heard it. I've actually tuned into our Flag Plus Instagram feed, which currently is a live uh, view of the Blessed versus. Ooh, I don't know who's in white actually. Who are they playing tonight? Oh, there's games today. Yeah, there's Ross Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Oh, that's true. That's right. Well, they're rescheduled. with you if we knew better. Yeah, I know, but I, I we should call Mo. It's the Blessed EZW game. Yeah, I lose so. track of days now because I got flipped from Thursday to Wednesday, and then no. It's we also weren't scheduled for Thursday. This is to to make yeah. up for the games that we lost. And now we're, we're in Saint Laurent, in like in ten days, I think. Lola's done, and anyway, I lose track of where I'm at. Sometimes. Are we done with outdoors completely? So yeah, update. So we we're done with Loyola outdoors. We're now Mondays as of the seventeenth, Saint Laurent for the rest of the is season. It indoors, indoors. Thank God, I'm so and done with outdoors. We have two more outdoor Laval's next Thursday, and in two weeks from now is our last Laval. Yeah, I know. Is I it know. just Thursdays? Just Thursday. Okay, good. I don't play Thursday. Yeah, so this will give you right a heads here. up on that, though. Okay, um, on to the so right now in terms of the game, Turf Tolls, you give them the edge over prime time. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's Turf Tolls and Penetrators are the best two teams in the division. And they might meet up again. They might meet up a couple of times at that point here. Uh, Toon Squad, they're one three and one. And we we spoke. We've we've, we've been high on this team for quite a while, right? Because they've been the, the junior team that now move up to the senior yeah. level. Uh, have it's they held it? It's a uh, like a what is it called? Like a high like a high school romance kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a sweethearts. The high school sweethearts. High school sweethearts. There are high school sweethearts. Yeah, exactly. Uh, have they held their own? Like in terms of like, hey, they're one three and one. They they got blown, I believe, last week, but they've had some close games, though, overall, for where they are at position right now. Um, I didn't see them losing the deep balls. That's a, that's a bad loss. That That's a game they should beat. Yeah, deep balls isn't that great. Well, they have a player uh, whose name is Regen No Name, who's played two games. Oh, wow, No Name. I blame whoever the scorekeeper is. I'm hoping it's not Mo Khan. It's not Mo Khan because I've not done the game there so far. Nobody's Let's noticed. Of all the scorekeepers, there's a player named Regen No Name. Let's see here. He has played against Wib and Deep Balls and Penetration. He's played Penetra- Also, no profile picture. So, the September 18th and 22nd here. I'll, I'll tell you right now who the scorekeeper is for those games. 18th, 22nd. 
those are Lachine and Laval 1. Okay, so Laval, I do Laval 2 Thursdays at that time, so that's not me. So Lachine. Likely story. Likely story. Yeah, it was actually uh, the other scorekeeper, not uh, Rudy, that did yeah. that game. So Likely story, Mo. Yeah. So I don't, I'm not sure I believe your alibi. I am quite confident I did not do that. Game. So Adam Antel took over for Gardner Ross's quarterback. Gardner Ross has thrown one game, but generally he's been Adam Antel. Um, he doesn't even have a two to one TD INT ratio. I expect a little bit more. Um, I hope it's just gelling and learning sort of Adam's play calling and yeah. his system. And um, I hope that they all get it together sooner than later. Uh, ben Arnavis, Gunnar Ross is a great player, so uh, they're performing. That said, it just seems as though it's stagnant. Yeah, I just think that they're, so, they're, they're, they are, they're a group of friends, right? Yeah. That's what they are. And For sure. And, you know, but I, I caught a bit of them at uh, uh, the Iola game uh, on Monday, and uh, they, they just they look slow out of the gate. Like I, only used, I saw the, the first maybe 10 minutes of the game, and uh, it didn't look like it was going well. No, and... and Maybe next season they take that step, but also they don't have our boy Chaz Presser on the roster too, right? He's in yeah. Ottawa doing school, and that's a big loss for their for their team because he brings a lot. Both sure, of but it's tier four, and you just lost against a team that I thought was going to struggle the entire season. They finally got uniforms, by the way. Who? Deep balls. They did? They finally got uniforms. They probably they're just nice. Ordered. They're nice. They look like Houston Oilers uniforms. They, they probably just ordered them late. Oh, I yeah. saw. Yes, you're right. I saw them. In the yeah, it looks like Houston Oilers uniforms. Yeah, they probably just ordered them late, unfortunately. Yeah. Nice uniforms. Give them that. Yeah. All right, if, pick one quarterback tier four that you're putting your money down as the next big thrower that we're going to say, yeah, you know what? This is the guy that really has evolved. So I was hoping to go with Garner Ross before the season because he's a guy I liked a lot, and yeah. he uh, has he's shown it, right? Yeah. Um, but he's shown strides, but they, they didn't go with him this season. Um, and so I'm curious to see if, if he comes back in a future season. Uh, Vincent Chung, I don't know if he's going to be a full-time quarterback, but Justin Goodman's good, man. Yeah, he, he's, he's starting to grow on me a little bit. I, I just I saw there's a replay um, that we captured on Instagram where the ball snapped to the ground. He picked up off the ground and would still had his, his eyes upfield and still threw, uh, I believe it was either a, a quick out or a drag across yeah. the field um, for a touchdown, and it was just great composure, uh, great great uh, ability to throw off schedule. Uh, it looks to me like he's he's good, he's ready to make and the jump. And he's a good dual-threat quarterback. He can use yeah. his legs as well. I think Goodman's a great pick to, that you have to look at. Um, it's, cheap. I, it's cheap, I know, because he has like the most touchdowns and all that, but just having watched him play, I, I, Vincent Chung, by the way, also, I really like it. I just don't know if he's committed to playing the position. Yeah, right? that's why. Because in this division, it's a little bit more of a transition quarterback role, right? These yeah. guys are not traditional quarterbacks that are experimenting right now. And that's why I think maybe in this group, there could be one or two that could make a move up the rack. Daniel line. Spina from primetime, now that they've chosen him as the full-time quarterback, yeah. they, they kind of went through a QB roulette of their own. Um, and they've landed on uh, Spina. And yeah. he's been solid. Like he, he's, I think, got a lot of room to grow. <laughs> but but room to grow is good, right? It means well, there's, there's room for improvement. You got to see the turf stones. I think I messed up the camera angle yeah, here. Uh, sorry, Eagle. Sorry, we don't want you to go off your perch from eating the chocolate. Right I was now. just about to call up the uh, Save the Turf Tools, too. Yeah. They're they're not the Save the, the, um, the QB Roulette. Yeah. Well, they got a bunch so. of quarterbacks out there. Uh, it is now time no. for. Oh, what's up? No. What do we have? No. What do we have next? Re- QB Roulette. Oh, I thought. Dr- we dr- need dr- to pick who's quarterback. I thought we were doing that during the games of the week, though. 
No, it's that's what you said. It's prior to. Okay, is it illegal? So you so you know how to pick if they're going to win or not All based right. on the quarterback that they're going to have. Because if they don't listen to the wheel, they lose. Quarterback for the game is Kenny Zach. It's Zach. Kenny Zach Alberts Gill. Yeah, I love Zach though. There we go. He's like, hey, here comes the incompletion. Hey, man, good effort, man. My bad, my bad. I, I, sorry, man, my bad. Sorry. sorry. Oh, man, I, I should put a little bit more. My bad, my bad. Great rap by you. The one I do to tell, uh, to tell my players is, hey, you're going to drop balls. I'm going to miss throws. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> all right, it's now time for Games of the Week. I figure with chocolate, you'd be more charged up there, you know? I mean, it's your chocolates. <laughs> Seriously, step up your game, Mo. I know, I know. Hundred chocolates next week. Collision a course. A hundred is rough. Listen, man. Every week you get fifty more. Well, we're doing we're doing the uh, roost challenge next week. Yeah, I, Mo. I don't think you're gonna make it. By the way. But what are we picking for for? Uh, we're doing the same thing as last year, like the same uh, sandwich. Uh, I can get you twelve zatters instead because you don't eat the beef ones, right? No, so I won't get you lima junes. I get you zatters though. They're a little bit lighter. So. Twelve. What's the other? Isn't it zatar? The other one. Zatar. Whatever. What's there's the other ones that are Greek ones, or there's the Aleppo's, which are half cheese, half spice. Those are good too. I like they're those. They're really good. good, but they're heavy though. They are heavy. Yeah, so you can eat them in a thicker crust, thicker yeah. dough mm -hmm. though, right? Yeah. The other one's more like a thin crust. It's thinner, yeah. But I get you twelve instead of six. It's so. like pan pizza versus thin crust. Yeah. All right, we'll decide. We'll negotiate. All right, here we go. All right, Koi, Sneaky Snakes, Fast Not Furious. I saw Sneaky Snakes this week. They they have a lot to learn. So give me uh, Fast Not Furious. Fast Not Furious. All right, Le Pac Air, easy fun. Easy fun. Yeah, easy fun. Fit Squad, Le Pitsy Fuck. Ooh, Pitsy Fuck. Uh, I'll go Fit Squad. Your, your pick, Eagle? I don't care. Why not? Because <laughs> reason why. Because I don't pick games. By the way, MVP of last show was Eagle. Bringing the show back when it was off the rails and then taking it off the rails when it needed to go off the rails. Yeah. It was, it was, ah, it was an artist with his brush. It was perfect. Next game. Last sect, Melting Pots. Lasek. Uh, Lasek as well. Iced out, bench warmers. Bench warmers. Iced out. All right. Women's division. Only one game. Vortex, Brutes. Oh, this is the best game. Vortex taking two down. This Go. This, this should be the game of the week. Yes. I'm going Brutes because that's that's my team. Mother Cass is, is a G. All right. Tier. Your pick? I don't care. Why? Uh, why you care? I don't pick games. He's well, why, team why pick games? Why don't you pick games for it? Tier 3. Lalimo, 17-year-olds, Ravens. Sorry, can you say that again, please? Without, without water? Lalimo, 17-year-olds, Ravens. Um, that's the team you played, right, Eagle? I did play them. How were you? Laval or Lachine? I played in Laval. Was that Wednesday or Thursday? That was Wednesday. What oh. time? It was at 9. Was it a clear night? It was. Oh, full moon? Uh, I actually didn't look. There was half Maybe? moon, actually. Yeah, it was half moon. Half uh, so, moon. so who's playing it? Lalimo, 17-year-old Raven. Was it half moon full or half moon empty? I think it's... Uh, what do you think, Eagle? Uh, I think Ravens. Half moon full or empty? Go half moon full. Ravens. Ravens? I wasn't picking until you told me which moon it was. Ravens so and annoyed. voodoo. So Sorry? Ravens and voodoo. Ravens. Peas? Uh, Ravens. And then Lalimo, 17-year-olds, Diamond Bougie. This is going to be a good game. I'm going to go Diamond Bougie. Diamond Bougie. Yeah, Diamond Bougie. Yeah. Blue Dreamers, Warriors. Blue, Blue Dreamers. Dreamers. Nice. Trap Stars, Killer Rays. This is good. This is going to be a fun game. Trap Stars. 
Killer Ace. Sulefes Voodoo. Voodoo. I just got Sulefes. Sulefes. Bruins Warriors. Bruins. Uh, Bruins. Ravens. Why so serious? Ravens. Ravens. And oh, busy week for Ravens, man. Yeah, I got three and seven days. And Bandits. Kiss my in-laws. Uh, kiss my in-laws. In-laws. All right, we're gonna go tier two. Blackouts. Hot sauce sports. Hot sauce. I can't pick it. Friends without Danny. Beer belly brigade. Brigade. Oh, I forgot to say, Hot Sauce Sports by 50. Uh, Brigade. Brigade. Even with friends with, without Danny recruiting more people to fill in their roster? But they haven't recruited Danny. No. That's not true. Friends without Danny. Team Ethnic, Sweat and Beers. Ethnic. Yeah, uh, Ethnic. Yeah. I go Ethnic in a, in a close one. Yeah, it'll be close. And Kiss My Outlaws, Mangoose, the game of the week. Kiss My Outlaws. Outlaws. All right, we're going to go Tier 1. Kangaroos, Blessed. Kangaroos. Yeah, kangaroos. KGP, EZW. KGP. KGP. Hashtag NR, STL. STL. Uh, STL. And tier four, primetime, save the Turftles. Turft. Turftles. The Step Bros, Wib 2.0. Wib. Wib. Yeah, I like them a lot. And our last game, QB Roulette with Zachary Albert's Gill as quarterback versus <laughs> Red Dragons. Unfortunately, uh, I think Red QB Dragons Roulette. did it. Really? Yeah, QB right? Roulette, yeah. And that's it for our games of the week, guys. Okay, Thank so I'm on the me. Arush website right now. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at, what are we looking at for options for Mocon next week? I mean, you're looking for veggie options. I can yeah. get you anything you want, but... You got, you got the Zatar pizza, right? That's the one you mentioned before? That's the one I think you should get because I think they are veggie. Okay, what's cool? What's cool? By the way, not sponsored by Arush, but here are the options that we have essentially. Yeah, so, yeah, so I can get you the Lama Junes, I can get you the Zatars, I can get you the Anatolis, which are just cheese, the Aleppos, which have a spicy pepper on them as well, and you also have the Greek pizzas, there's chicken ones, there's the Thujuk ones as well. There's the pizza zatter and tomatoes, which can like a hybrid lemon June and zatter. They don't have the zatter and cheese ones. Just or I can just get a mix of whatever you want. We got cheese pizza then. You sure you want the cheese ones? Because they're heavy. We'll decide. We'll discuss. We'll All right. discuss. All right, cool. Again, not sponsored by a Rouge, but I am going to say they make really good yeah. Armenian we'll pizza. Next, so. week. next week, the Rouge Challenge with Mokon. Last one, boys. Last <laughs> one. I'm going to put this here so everyone can are see. You guys, are you, like you uh, going to do his eulogy on Monday? Yeah, well, whenever that eulogy is, I'm pretty sure I'm the one reading it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll just read my open letter to Gino DeFazio. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Alex. <laughs> Here's Gino. <laughs> sorry, Alex. Alex, sorry. My bad. My bad, Alex. All right. Um, we're back, but uh, next week uh, it won't be peasy. It'll be MoCon and Insert uh, Replacement. And then in two weeks, we'll be... Oh, uh, no. Next week, it's uh, no peasy. Yeah, no peasy. It'll be insert replacement. Oh, okay. And then replacement for... Me. McCon- and yeah. then you're back in two weeks. <laughs> oh, thanks. I thanks. hope you're picking this up. Yeah, you're picking this all up, You're eh? picking this up. Bastard. Again, it's a largely audio medium. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. You're so cool. All right. Uh, Magic verse, please. Mokad is with great pride that I say congratulations on your gig on Hockey Inside Out. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Look forward to it. It'll be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, can't wait, man. Uh, first episode is next week before the season begins. You know what's happening before that? 
Eagles pinning this fucking mess. Yeah, he is. <laughs> All right. Good night. Never prove me wrong or try to prove me wrong ever again. Sure. <laughs> we let you win. 100 candies next week. We let you win. Put the place up, yeah we know what we